Has your local footy club had a recent clangor or challenge? Well, Amy is here to help. The Amy Clangers for Good competition is back for 2024. This year, Amy are donating $10 for every clangor recorded during the AFL season with eight community clubs in the chance to win up to $15,000. If you want your club to go into the running in 100 words or less, tell us how Amy can help your club bounce back from a recent challenge. Enter now at amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. That's amy.com.au forward slash clangers for good. T's and C's apply. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. Hi fam, it's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friend. He gives you a back rub. This is, you know, going well, Brian. Oh, special. Get comfortable, be uncomfortable. Mm. Just keep showing up and find a way. Cam was so nervous he couldn't swallow water. Handing him a sheet of paper with six names and said, Chief, we've got to cut these six blokes. Oh, shut up. I've just been barbed by a stingray, mate. I'm just yelling at him, oh, you saved my life, you saved my life, you saved my life. Thank you, thank you. I spent the last, I think it was a couple of weeks in jail. The deepest, darkest moments often bring about our biggest highs. Hugo Tuvi. Honour to have you in person in the studio in Melbourne. You've come down from, come down, come up from Adelaide? Uh, from Ad- Sydney. He's come across from Sydney. <laughs> I keep thinking you're from Adelaide all the time. Originally from, from Adelaide. There. You know why? Because you've got the twang. I pro- well, and I'm you've a- got that Adelaide twang, man. And a massive Adelaide Crow supporter, which yeah, is but important to know. I don't know if I always talk about this, but there's a massive thing with uh, South Australians. We they all have this, like, it's nearly an English accent. Yeah, it is. Is that a- No, it is. Yeah. And we say things like dance. Quilt. Quilt. Yeah. Um, but no, we, yeah, you're right. Adelaide people do get that and we pronounce things differently, like dance and prance and mm. drinking fountain, not a bubbler. All that yeah, sort that's, of stuff. that's weird. Um, how's Sydney going? Yeah, Sydney's Enjoy good. It? No, I lo- love Sydney. It's one of those places where you kind of forget when you're, when you're there, you forget how good it is. Like when you've just got the Eastern beaches and going for a morning swim and then, you know, you go back to our Eastern, Eastern Sydney sort of place with the dogs or whatever, take them for a walk and you go, this mm. is pretty bloody awesome. Oh, um, mate. So we, lo- we love Sydney. I used to have this little like thing when I was walking around in Sydney, and I still do it here a lot, but in Sydney it's really prevalent. And it's any beautiful place. You know what? Do this anywhere you are. And it's like in footy, those used to tell me to like lower your eyes, you know, because they used to like blaze away and just bomb the ball. Not, not much composure. But when I was there, I was like, no, nah, you got to lift your eyes up sometimes. Mm. You know, when you're like just walking around all day and you're looking at things and then all of a sudden you just look up and you go, fucking hell, this is pretty cool, like where I am right now. Even in the city, you like look up and you're like, Look at the buildings, look at these trees. Like, I think we don't, we, we're always told to lower our eyes, but you got to like look up and look what's around you. And Sydney's the most place for that, like for 100%. sure. 100%. And actually, I, I chatted to my psychologist about something similar where it's, we're really trying to work on, for me, and we'll obviously chat about this when, mm. when you've got stuff going on to just hold on to those little small things that you, you can control and you can appreciate. And it's, it's similar to that if I take the dogs for a walk, which is like my happy place, and you go to Queen's Park and you look up at the trees and, you know, the skyline of the city in the background and, and exactly what you're saying, you actually 
take it all in, just those little things, you're just like, actually, this is pretty bloody awesome. Mm. And, and it makes you feel better too. So Yeah, it does. Hey, um, we've had a really cool relationship. We had a pod in 2020. Yeah. It flies. was like full COVID period. Like I was in my bedroom on the laptop. Yep. You were in your room. We we're doing it via the internet. But I feel like I know you because we sort of speak a, f- a fair bit as yeah. well. I don't know. I feel You know with social media, you feel like you're in the person. But this is our first time actually having it. And you're a hugger. I'm yeah, a hugger. I'm a hugger. Yeah, yeah we're both huggers. A, I love a good it. Little that's when I w- walked up today. It was yeah. like I felt like I knew you. Yeah. Gave you a big hug, and um, and you're right. We've never actually met in person. Yeah. But I think that's one positive of of mm. social media, right? When you can have those relationships and connections. Uh, but it is bloody good to be here in person, yeah. mate. Yeah, I was worried you were catfishing me or something. You know, <laughs> you're real. That. You're real. We obviously had an episode yeah back then. Sorry, episode sixty-seven. So if you haven't had a listen to that, you don't need to have a listen to that today. But I would say definitely go back and have a listen to that. Without jumping way too into it at the moment, you actually saved someone's life from that episode. Yeah, mate. I think like we I, have saved a few lives you, from that episode. Um, you did. That was – I won't name the person's name, but it still stands out to me. I'm in contact. I know you are as yeah. well. But from that episode, sharing your story, uh, he went and got checked, had some testicular cancer. Yep. And I don't want to dramatise the story, but I'm pretty sure like if it wasn't caught in his suit, like it could have been a lot worse. Oh, mate, 100%. There's, I often talk about him with presentations I give and keep in touch with him and he's doing well and he always puts it down to he heard, when he heard my story on, on your podcast on Dylan Friends, literally almost like the next day or a couple of days later, it prompted him to go get checked and, and he got it early and not even just that one's amazing and I do keep in touch with him, yeah. but, um, you know, there's – there's a couple others which, you know, I, I sometimes share you some. Um, you know, there's one young guy who got bowel cancer um, diagnosed early once again, potentially saved his life because mm-hmm. he heard this episode or the previous episode on on the potty. And there's been a heap of guys who even like a year or two years later after the podcast randomly would message and say, just heard your episode and I've been struggling a lot, but, you know, I've just booked in to see a psychologist oh, or I've reached out awesome. to some mates. And I've actually got like a collection of these messages, these the most powerful ones where you think like before you've actually saved someone's life just from having a casual chat on a podcast and I often say to you like I know your podcast has grown a lot but you're actually saving lives and having these important conversations which is so so powerful oh mate I've just got to, yeah very lucky to have a vehicle to get people like yourself on but it is incredible you, you know we're in a room with three people right now we've got big handsome Dars yourself and me and you forget people actually listen to the show sometimes mm-hmm. like you know people listen but you forget what stage of their life they're in when they're listening to this, how it's going to hit them in different places. And I've only realised that lately because I've been consuming a bit more content. And when you hear something that, like, you need to hear when in the right time, it can be like a, you can, it's like you get kicked in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, whoa, fuck, I needed that. Like, yep. so exciting for that, um, you know, in that sense that it's been able to help a few people and I've, we've been trying to get you back in since and just get an update on your story. I know you got uh, recently married as well. Congratulations. Yes, Yourself thanks, Did you have a good wedding? Yeah, oh, look, it was amazing. Um, yeah. Look, it's it's one of those moments where you can kind of prepare yourself as best as you can, but, you know, you know what it's obviously like, but like that moment of standing up there and, you know, seeing your wife and you know, mm. my wife, Amber, walk down the aisle and you just, I was obviously emotional, but you, just, you can't explain that feeling or you can't really prepare for that feeling and it's magical. And in particular for me, I was really worried that my health wasn't going to be great for the wedding and all I wanted to, is to feel great for my wedding. Mm. That was like my priority and I'm so lucky that for that wedding I felt fantastic and and uh, maybe the adrenaline took over and I felt you know the best I felt for a while and the post honeymoon same story just felt amazing um which was which was incredible um and yeah it's something that 
I often reflect back on even now going through some stuff yeah. um, just to put that little smile on my face, you know, watch the little wedding video again, look at some photos. Um, definitely puts me in a good mood. Yeah. I'm a big music man and like, you know, when you pair things with like certain occasions, like do you remember your songs that you had? Like your oh, wedding, 100%. Like, when she was walking down the aisle or something? Ed Sheeran, Give Me Love. Oh, and we had love. a- no, They probably no. didn't do it. <laughs> we could try to do it. I'll just ruin your wedding. <laughs> you. Now I'm going to associate it with you now. <laughs> Dill's rendition of Give Me Love. Trying um, to like get happy and you see me just singing. You yeah, know, oh, like, he nailed it. <laughs> no, it was, we had this, um, this talented musician- Ellis and um, funny story about that. We saw him at Ravisi's in um, in Bondi in Sydney, yeah. and he's playing along. A little like this, hidden gem there, Ravisi's. Yeah, beautiful spot. Yeah. Bit of shout out to Ravisi's, yeah. and he, um, he Ellis was playing, and we're like, he's so bloody good. And I was with my twin brother, and we're a bit pissed. Had a few beers, and we still hadn't lined up someone for the wedding yet. And then we're like, why don't we see if Ellis is keen to play at the wedding? We're like, might as well. And as he was packing his car in Bondi. My brother yelled out, hey, you want to play at my brother's wedding? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's line it up. Reach out to my manager. Sent a few emails, whatever, and flew him to Sydney. And he um, stayed at the place we were at, and he was like the highlight of the wedding. Really? Like just playing the full like loop station, Ravisi sets for the wedding. Everyone's got the full mosh pit going. So, yeah, he's awesome. Since gone back to Ravisi's, like little fanboy at the front. Singing all the wedding songs that he was singing. So Good on him. It's awesome. That's great. But yeah, music. Music's great. Just to self-indulge on myself for a second, the, sto- the song that we had was, you know, that song, Kiss Me. Yeah. Man at the <laughs> yeah, it's really Kiss good. But it was like the acoustic version and it was, it was really nice. So maybe if someone hasn't listened to episode 67, give us a quick recap on you, your story, what you're doing at the moment. You're working with Gotcha for Life in the Army. It's really hard to shorten your story. No, no, no. I, yeah. I, I, I do, the, do it um, the elevator. as best as I can. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, uh, the extended elevator yeah, pitch, yeah. but I'll, I'll keep it condensed Go just so you can get a bit of like. a background. But I'm 31 and basically for the last 10 years, is it's been 10 years of my my life where I've faced significant health challenges and it has been ongoing for 10 years. So I often look back at that and, you know, think it's pretty incredible when I first started out at this journey as a 21-year-old, when I first got diagnosed with testicular cancer, not even graduated army yet. And then 10 years later, i am been in the army for for uh, for over a decade and I'm still in the midst of some significant health challenges, even some of the more extreme health challenges, which is, yeah, it's, sometimes it's hard to take in because you think like it's just going to go on and on and I'm a pretty positive guy, um, but I think you I underestimate how long, that's a decade of my life where I've had ongoing surgeries and doctors and treatments and, you know, I think um, if the surgery I've got potentially coming up with my 13th uh, abdominal surgery mm-hmm. and, you know, I think sometimes you, you just get used to it, but that doesn't make it any easier necessarily, but you do kind of get used to just things going wrong in your life, but sometimes that can be pretty draining. And, and so, yeah, it's been 10 years and, and when I was 21, I had my first bout of, of testicular cancer. You know, we spoke about in the previous potty when I often say testicular cancer saved my life and basically what I meant by that is because testicular cancer, that spread all through my body and, you know, it starts, started to spread right up and had all the treatments and the surgeries and, and that was a process in itself. But from that point on, I was like, well, I am the most proactive person with my health. Um, I get mates to go have annual checkups with the GP. I'm always off to my doctor if something's not quite right. Mm. Um, so it taught me so much about the importance of looking after your health and going off to see your doctor if, if something's not quite right and not putting anything off. So I had my testicular cancer stuff for about five years and that was sort of you know on and off for five years. And I know you've um, been impacted through some close friends of yours who, who have had testicular cancer and it's, you know, it's, it's all the chemos and stuff like that. It's, it's not 
not fun, but uh, one of the good things is testicular cancer is, you know, quite treatable, which is a positive. And then after five years, I got that five-year all-clear scan, which a lot of people listening who have been impacted by cancer know that that's the, the five-year mark, something you strive towards, you're in complete remission. And then I was 26, just got promoted to captain in the army, got posted to Brisbane. And I actually often reflect on that moment. And, you know, there's certain moments in your life that you can just, you can feel them and you can remember them so well whether it's, you know, weddings like we're talking about or significant moments like that. And it seems like such a long time ago, but it's probably the last time where I've been really happy and healthy, um, which is which sucks, but it's just the truth. And yeah, a few months after I got that five-year all clear, um, I then got diagnosed with bowel cancer and that was completely separate, new cancer. And since that moment, and that was what, end of 2018 to now, sitting at what, early 2023, it's just been... Been ongoing, um, nonstop. Bowel cancer is not the best uh, cancer to get. Not that anyone is, but bowel mm. cancer in particular is a, it's now the biggest cancer killer for uh, 25 to 34 year olds. So it's now a young person's cancer. It's not just an old old man's cancer. It impacts young people. And um, from that moment of getting bowel cancer to, to being here today, had multiple surgeries, um, treatments, all sorts of stuff. And Eventually, I had to get my whole uh, large bowel removed, my colon, my rectum, and I had a bag for for a while and tried some experimental sort of treatments here and there. And you know, right up until mid last year, when I was rushed in for emergency surgery, had a bowel obstruction. They removed part of my small bowel, which was a pretty full on operation and probably one of the bigger ones I've had. And since that moment, <laughs> I'm now running out of bowel. There's only so much bloody bowel you can play with. So mm. I'm in, in uh, current conversations in my next next steps. And I only very recently, actually yesterday, saw my specialist to discuss you know where to next. So I suppose it has been a journey. Um, I will say that the, the big positive is that well, I'm still here for yeah. a start. Unfortunately, with the line of work that I'm in, you connect with people, whether it's online or meet them in person, who you can really relate to, but they're often uh, not as lucky as I am. And then, you know, every now and then these people do pass away and it really hits hits me a lot because they're young people that have gone through what I've gone through. And then, you you know, I was at only at a funeral a few weeks ago of a beautiful young lady, Natalie Fornasia, who died of melanoma and we just were chatting all the time and you connect and then all of a sudden one day... You see an update that they've um, they've passed away and it makes it real. Often I go through this stuff and I think that I'm just going to just keep getting through it, but you don't realise that actually some people aren't as lucky as I am that they're not in this this position. So it's it's been difficult. I'm not gonna not gonna lie to you. Um, but that being said, I'm still here. And the other thing is that as far as the cancer goes, the bowel cancer, you know, that's that's in remission, which is which is great. So I don't have cancer necessarily but as a result of everything i've gone through to get rid of that cancer i'm now not in the best position as far as quality of life and some some other bits and pieces i have to deal with on a, on a daily basis which we can discuss a bit further but yeah that's just a bit of a snapshot of the last 10 years of my life on a health front and there's been lots of ups and downs in that time so um yeah it's uh, it's been pretty full on it is yeah i like it's hard to you don't know what to say. Like, I don't know what, it's just it's so unfair. But I know that's not, that's not an answer to, to give. Like, it's, it doesn't help in any way. But yeah, my heart goes out to you, man. It's just been a pretty fucked journey. But to see how you, to see how you just like handle yourself at like, it's incredible. You just get up, you just keep fucking going. Like, you're like a, you're like a train. You just, you're just a truck. You just keep going. I know it's not easy all the time and we can talk about those parts, but I just think you, 
as much as you're going through, like your the way you can attack it and keep helping other people and being positive and all these things that you know they're surface level words, but you actually live them. Like you, mm. you really do. So it's an honour to yeah, it really is an honour to be you know in here with you today. No, thanks, mate. I, I appreciate that. And, and you know, like I get it's some pretty heavy conversations, and you know, I never intend to you know. No, it's a bit. It's, it's down, reality, really. But like, it is. It yeah. is, and it, it's important to chat about these things because I think a lot of people and. I get it a lot, you know. I'm a, I'm a, you know. I look like on the outside a normal looking dude, and yeah. I look. I do live a great life, you know. Like I'm a, someone that if you're, you're watching this now, no one would know. Well, what that's you, it, like. and that's why I'm a big advocate for for invisible illnesses, and whether it's mm. people with mental health issues or people with chronic invisible illnesses and stuff that's going on. I always have that mantra of you never know what someone's going through, and, and it's so true. You never know that, you know, if I'm having a bad day at work, it might be because I've been up all night in significant pain, going to the bathroom, you know, heaps through the night, and, mm. you know, I rock up to work, and people might not know that. So I try and do the same thing and flip it and say if someone's, you know, not in the best mood or they're going, I don't know what they're going through, right, whether it's, you know, their personal life, relationships, you know, health, whatever. So if we can all have that, that mantra of just... Be nice to people just in general. You never know what someone is going through. Yeah. You know, give them a bit of a, an opportunity to to kind of, you know, find out more about someone is, is really important. You know, what's, uh, what's really crazy, um, even this morning coming in here, and this is, you know, I feel stupid bringing this story up because by no means is it as, you know, as relevant to the situation I'm in right now. But through, you know, all the stuff that Juz and I have been through over the last two years with our, you know, um, fertility journey and, and whatnot, like I've definitely struggle with a lot of like anxiety this whole time of just, you know, all these, you know, what, what it's like when you just don't know what's going to happen and all those uncertainties and those sorts of things. And again, I'm not, please don't think I'm comparing to anything, but in my situation, it's been really difficult. And I think like, to be honest, since we've known things are going to be okay for that journey, it's actually been the most anxious I've ever been. Like, because it's, it's there now and it's actually a thing that's happening anyway where i'm getting with this is it's been the weirdest time for me because in the best time of my life i've been probably like the hardest on myself and it's been the hardest journey but the best time mm. and it's made me realize how much we, we just have no idea what the fuck's going on with people no, like all the it. time like oh, that's it is it, it is crazy how much you just have no idea what anyone else is doing those invisible mate 100 like, you, you don't know and that's your on last night on the couch chatting to amber my wife about this recent news I've been given and stuff with further treatment options. And I was in a pretty, like, not in the best way. I was kind mm. of just a bit over it. And you've got to be, like, you've got no, to vent, you, don't you? can. You, yeah. you have, don't get me wrong. I have lots of those days. And, and Amber, was, you know, she's been the most amazing supporter. But just, you know, exactly that. She said, look, you can't, I can't change it. I'm currently sitting here. I can't control I can't control, I can't go back in time. There's no what ifs, what ifs. I can't change the past. Um, and it's just, I just need to get my head around that. I can't change the past. It is what it is, but I can control my current situation. Um, and I speak to my psychologist about this all the time, like things you can control, whether it's cleaning the house or the small little things that you control, but then bigger things like my health, it's like I can control certain aspects of what treatment I'm going to go on next or what I'm going to do next. And she said a similar thing. She's like, you don't know what's around the corner. And it's so true. And it's like that, as cliche as it sounds, I think it's cliche for a reason, often living in the now, living in the moment, it's true, right? And I, mm. you know, I'm going to the races this afternoon and still seeing my mates and I still have a great life and live a good life because I don't let this impact the way I want to live my life. So I definitely try to live in the now and don't focus too much on the future. 
because for me that brings a lot of anxiety and I definitely don't reflect too much on the past because that also, once again, can bring up a lot of anxiety. So if I kind of just live in the now and go, what can I control? What's going to make me feel good? If I focus on those things, it's like, actually, my life's my life's pretty good. Man, that's awesome. It's such a good advice. You know, it's really funny about like when people, you you know, and like you use a quote that's like very corny or something like that. It's like, it's actually corny for a reason because yeah. it's like lasted the test of time and it's so fucking that's true. Why yeah, that's why people say it. It's because <laughs> exactly it's so right. well known and it yeah, actually yeah. is like works. So yeah, I like that. Living the now. Just on the, the psychology stuff, like how have you found getting to that? Obviously, talk therapy is awesome with talking with psychologists and, you know, Amber seems just like such a fucking incredible person and partner, a lot like mine. Like just when you've got a good partner in life, that's half the battle, yeah. I think anyway, or more than that, that's probably fucking 99% of the battle. And... um having strategies to combat living in the present like what yeah. have you found is best for you is it like what do, what do you do what's your favorite stuff to sort of get yourself to your best yeah look i just quickly just want to touch on that too mm. with the partner things mm. before i get into that is that i think people underestimate how much a partner or a loved one in your life how much they go through with these when you're facing these significant adversity or going through health challenges mm. Often it's it's all about you know what I'm going through or what the, the person's going through when they're when they're going through something and I must admit I sometimes like I love Amber to death and I appreciate her so much but sometimes I feel like you know I can take out my anger or frustration on her you know I hate when I do that because she's done so much for me and I think we need a, people listening to this need to realise too that something like whether it's cancer mental illness uh, it impacts so many people you know, partners, friends, families, communities, colleagues, it has that that ripple effect. Um, it doesn't just impact you. And I just want to just reiterate that it's just so important to um, to support the supporters because often they're the ones that they go under the radar a bit. Man, that's so, um, yeah, so, so true. So I just want to touch on that because you were talking about your, your beautiful wife yeah. and how much she, she supports you well, as well. I think, yeah, it's like how much you support each yeah. other as, as well. And I don't know about you, but I feel like there's a, when you're in a really cool, you know, relationship, you have these like swings and then, you know, Amber might have a bad day at work, but then that's an opportunity for you to stand. Like, you know, you get 100%. power out of like helping them. So it's like that pendulum of, you know, I always find it's really funny if there's a situation in our life and, you know, both people could react badly. It's like nearly like one reacts and then the other one sort of... I don't know. When Judge is upset, I sort of take pride in helping. But then if I'm upset, she'll kind of sort of no, like, No, I love yeah. it. 100%. I think that's, you know, that's the being there for someone. And it's, yeah. you know, that's what got you for life. Um, you know, we can chat about that a bit later, but that's what, that's essentially what it's about. Having that, that little village or that person in your life, whether it's your wife, mm. your dad, your best mate, whatever, you being there for them and they're also there for you. Mm. And you have that, that beautiful bond. And like you said, like there's no, there's no better feeling knowing you've helped someone. Yeah, and I, if, I think that's made such a good quote. You know, if I go into real weird quotes, this one's from this one's from the Bra Boys. You love, you love I love quotes. my quotes. And I think there's a quote. I don't even know if this maybe this is paraphrased, but it's like it's not knowing you have your mates have your back. It's actually knowing you have theirs. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I get nearly a lot of strength. I love that. And I think the proudest moments of my life have been like when I'll actually help someone else versus other people helping me because you sort of know the people that are going to help you. Mm. Like you, you, you're like, I know 100% if something happened, these people would help me. But would I, am I going to be helping them is like what you want to be known for. So, yeah, I really like that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's such, such, a, such a good quote. And I think if we all live our lives like that and you don't need to have a – friendship group of thousands or hundreds or you know even in the tens or 20s if you've got that small group of mates that you know you're there for Mm. them 
and you can help them out. It's um, if we all have that attitude, exactly what you've just said, the world will be a better place. But yeah, sorry, sidetrack, um, which I think is important sometimes. We just want to touch on something, but. You guys know that I'm currently on my cooking journey and one thing that I've learned is that you can and you should cook with extra virgin olive oil. Our friends at Cobram Estate have Australia's most awarded range of extra virgin olive oil and it's now my go-to in the kitchen. Whether it's infused, ultra premium or everyday essentials, they have the perfect oil for you. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freer versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. How do I get in the present? Getting in the now and it is tough to be honest. The stuff I work with my psychologist, we, we spoke about when you're saying looking up and things like that when you're out and about and appreciating what's in front of you. They're little things that often she talks about because I'm I've, I've, I'm quite a controlling person. I like to control aspects of my life, and unfortunately, with these health challenges, when I can't control it, it it makes it really difficult. So she talks about finding those little things you can control and having those small wins, and those little wins will then accumulate and then end up being some big wins. And so what she means by that is, and quite literally. If I'm going through a really bad day, my mind's in some really dark, bad places, my anxiety's gone through the roof, if I can go, all right, what can I do here and now? It might be picking up the bloody new vacuum cleaner and vacuuming the house or making the house look all nice and putting the incense on for when Amber walks through the door and the you know the house looks all nice. Oh, you've cleaned the house. Thanks for that. Or putting the washing up. All these little mm. things, as small as it sounds, it actually makes me feel better. I take those little small wins, taking the dogs for that big walk, going for, for me, a bit of a light run. You know, I can't do a whole heap of exercise at the moment because I just get so bloody tired. But those small wins and what I can control in that current situation, in the now, they end up accumulating and becoming quite big. And then you get to the end of the week and you go, you know what, I've, I've actually done a, a quite mm. a bit this week. And that's more prevalent when you spend so much time, whether it's recovering or so much time on the couch or so much time in hospital, where you can't control a whole lot, it makes it even more prevalent. Um, you know, I know your, your mate Hugh constantly talks about gratitude journaling. And for me, it's like I push myself so hard to get my little gratitude journal out and write a few things I'm grateful for. But it's easy to do that when life's going well mm. because we can all just say I'm grateful for a whole lot today. It's doing that when you are going through a difficult time or picking up the gratitude journal. For me, if you're in hospital, going through some really dark times and still finding a few things you're grateful for, you know, showered by myself today, walked 20 meters, binge watched a couple of episodes of my old man. Um, you know, I'm grateful for a few things. You actually, okay, there is still stuff to be grateful for. So it's finding those small things. I, I do that anyway. And hopefully those small things will accumulate before you know it. You're right. Actually, you know what? You know, I'm actually doing all right. Good on you, man. That's unreal. I think there's so many messages in that. I love the one about controlling the controllables in the home. Mm. Like, I'm on house arrest this weekend. I was telling you before, but 
You've made an exception to I've come out today. <laughs> I said, I said, I'm with Hugo. Uh, he said, yeah, yeah, okay, you can come. And um, the one thing that I know for a fact makes me feel a million times better, and, and Jazz, this is where I need to get better at, like, supporting her in it is when the house is clean like she's the happiest person in the world you know i know i'm not happy but i can just get by with it and you go oh fuck this shit everywhere but like just keep going i'll do it but when we have like a saturday spring clean or sunday reset you know those weekends where you sit home you do like the just have some production around the house do the washing and stuff you walk out and you feel like you're a fucking king 100 you've accomplished i'm the best person in the world right now you just like you look on instagram people are like partying like you feel so good you blow back the outside courtyard and you're (laughs) i am so much better than the dog food from the bloody you know pet barn and like everything you've just you've nailed it yeah yeah and it's addictive that feeling but how good is it? It's a good feeling. I'm actually not by choice, but that is my weekend this weekend. So, <laughs> but you're yeah. right. You underestimate those things. Um, just doing those small little little things because you're right. Like it just it's progress. Yeah. With current stuff coming up now, so we spoke about before we get into the incredible work you're doing with Gus and and um, Gotcha for Life. Current circumstance at the moment is a bit of a waiting game. Look, I'm in a bit of a. Um not the best uh, best place as far as unknowns and. Yep. Look, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm, my health isn't great at the moment and, and often I do put on a bit of a, a front. And I think I do that for a couple of reasons because I, I hate putting my Amber or my family through through more pain. And I know it kind of sounds a bit hypocritical, but there are times where I probably won't fully disclose how I'm really feeling um, to them because I do worry about them. And it comes to that, you know, the empathy side of me worrying more about them than, than me. Um, but I'm in a position now where it... Look, I go to the bathroom a lot, you know, 12 plus times a day um, and in significant pain at the moment. When I go to the bathroom, it's literally like bloody razor blades um, and it's some days I'm quite literally curled up in the bathroom floor for like half an hour in so much pain. I have to have like a, you know, bath with Amber. runs me a bath at 2am just to sit in the bath with Epsom salts and like take some plexia and just try and get through that pain. And it's not a great quality of life when you when you're kind of, in that situation and you can see Amber having to quite literally like nurse me and it's not great and sometimes I do get pretty over it and my mental health gets in a pretty um pretty bad way where so I get a bit emotional sometimes where I um sometimes you kind of go I don't have that strength to keep going mm. and it, it, it gets tough but you you find a way so get a bit emotional. Yeah, you find a way to, to, to keep going and you realise that, like I said, I reflect on those people who aren't as lucky as I am. And I go, shit, I'm, I need to keep going. You know, in Amber's vows, she read out, I'll never give up. And she knows that and I won't ever give up. Um, but there are times where you just go, fuck, what, what's this quality of life? And it becomes pretty difficult. Um, but then the motivation that I get and the strength that I get to keep going is purely for others and Amber and my family and to know that if I'm not doing it for me, do it for them. Do it for them because if I can, you know, get through this next week, month, years and, you know, get through that and make them happier and and feel more sense of optimism and hope, then it's going to also in turn make me feel better. And I've just been faced with a, a decision where I either have some more surgery um, which will mean getting rid of 
some rest of my disease, small bowel, um, and then getting a permanent bag, which is a stoma, which is going to, there's lots of unknowns in how that stoma would be because I'll have such a shortened bowel mm-hmm. that it might mean constant, it will fill up very quickly. And so I'm not sure what my quality of life will be there either, but it'll eliminate some other stuff like the anal pain and the fissures and stuff I have. But as I found out yesterday, which is pretty bloody incredible, there's a new course of course of uh, treatment that I can um, I can trial and it is very much a trial and it's sounds pretty full on it's called a fecal transplant and it's um I must admit when I heard that yesterday afternoon from my specialist I was like what the fuck like a fecal transplant it seems pretty full on um and quite literally you get healthy donors who have with healthy stools and and, and shit essentially yeah. I'm just going to be up front yeah, and say what it is <laughs> it's essentially a shit transplant um it's a shit transplant. <laughs> That's a great pun, by the way. Um, it's a shit transplant. But that being said, he um, he, you got to try and make light of it, right? right? But it, it's look. He actually said, as far as treatment goes, it's as kind of as natural as you can get. Which, you, well, yeah. If you really think about it, and it sounds a bit. And I'm still trying to get my head around it. Don't get me wrong. When I told Amber this, and she's a nurse, and she's used to kind of cleaning up bloody old people's, you know, all sorts of stuff, and she's just like, "Oh, that sounds great. Go ahead, do that." Um, but I'm just getting my head around it. But I, um, it's kind of as natural. Like think about antibiotics and yeah. steroids and all these treatments and immunosuppressants and chemo that you lose all your hair and all sorts of shit goes on. This is pretty natural, um, as weird as it sounds. Australia is one of the first countries in the world that's just been given um, like government approval to do, it. To do this. Um, and quite literally, I get someone's healthy fecal matter and they infuse it essentially into my gastrointestinal tract. And over time my bacterial growth in my very fucked up bowel will essentially, you know, he explained it like a forest. So picture like a dying forest and instead of like probiotics and all this good gut health we always talk about, I might be very slowly replanting a couple little trees, but that's just going to take years uh, and it might not even be effective. But he talks about this as being quite literally replacing an unhealthy forest with a brand new thriving forest. And you can do that in a matter of weeks. You can see results. Um, they've done initial trials that have been positive, which is great. Limited results with people with J pouches and, and my current setup. But he said um, basically a room full of smart specialists at St. Vincent's in Sydney all came up to the conclusion that this, it would be a shame if I didn't try this. And surgery for them is the last resort. So for me, it's like, let's give this a crack. So I only found out, hot off the press, I only found out yesterday that this is this is what I'm going to try. And it's... um. As soon as I get my head around it, it's funny. I messaged my old man though and said, um, I might be having a shit transplant, dad. And then he said, um, he's always like, he's had colonoscopies in the past where, you know, the doctor said, you've got a, you know, pristine colon and all this sort of stuff. And he's like, maybe I should be a, um, a poo donor with like the little emoji kind of doing those ones. I'm like, that'll be weird. I think getting one thing's getting a stool from someone you don't know, but then like my dad, how cooked is that? Getting my dad's. Anyway, so sorry for anyone listening to this whilst they're having breakfast. But um, anyway, it's quite uh, crazy what the advancements in medical and treatments and technology can do, right? It's unbelievable, man. And I just want to say this. I love you. I love you. And it, um, yeah, I just want to say that. It's super cool, mate. Love but what you're going through and what you shared before as well, like I can't stand here for a minute and say that I know what you're going through at all because I don't, but the amount of people that you've touched and you're sharing in the pod, like th- this will impact every single person that listens to this today. Like you're going to change everyone's life from just hearing this today. Like Darcy and I will be changed forever from hearing what you said before. So your impact on this world is not, 
is not small. Thanks, man. And it, and it will continue to be bigger. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. so that's huge, man. Don't don't um don't forget that. So yeah, I just got goosebumps. That was a good little no. quote. That's I think put that up. Yeah, that was good. Okay, that's a joke because I was getting too serious in the end. With all the incredible work you're still doing, whilst amidst this silent, yep. invisible thing is going on, you yeah. still rock up and get shiznit done. Get shit done. Yeah. Shit done. <laughs> How many shit puns can there's, we do there's today? A few, there's a few. There's a few. What else is sort of like keeping you busy at the moment? Besides this, I know you want to keep busy and look after your health, but is uh, you're doing a lot of work with Gotcha for Life with Gus Walland and and whatnot. I've said this a lot, but Gus's impact, and I know that you know him better than anyone, has been monumental. Mm. And we talk about conversations uh, in this space that have been huge. So I had Tom Harkin on the podcast last year. Yeah, he's amazing, man. Amazing guy. And I remember years ago, I was sitting at home when I just moved out. I would have been maybe 26. And there was a documentary called Man Up on, I think, I don't know if we spoke ABC. about it on ABC. Yeah. I don't still, know if we spoke about this last it's, time. No, I don't think we did. It's still on there, by the way. Mate, it's, it one is, of the, it's one of the, what, the longest f- shows that are still on ABC iView that you can still watch today, which is awesome. Yes. And this show is like still the best sort of show I've ever seen. Anyway, Gus Wallen did this show. Tom Harkin was on the show. And I've said this to Tom, but like that genuinely kick-started my whole fascination, not fascination, but I think my, my journey on this space. And like I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for that show. Wow, like, that's special, man. Yeah, like 100% I said it to Tom, like I would not be doing it. Because I remember sitting there and of all the things that they spoke about, and I'll give context to the show in a minute, but all the things that they spoke about on that show was like, you know, men's health and young um, kids at school and how we do things. But the really important one for me personally was older guys and like mental health. And I just remember sitting going, fuck, if I could ever have that chat with my dad, like how cool would that be? And then, you know, like four or five years later, it's took me that long to mm. do it but that was but how good is that yeah it that was started whole, you and i've you know i've obviously heard your personal story yeah. and your relationship with your dad yeah but how amazing is that that you got into a position where you could feel you know confident enough to open up and talk to your dad in that way mm. and then you know potentially in a way save his life um which i think is pretty incredible but isn't the cascade effect crazy mm. of that like one series and that's only one person out of that imagine what everyone, what other people have done and the work that you guys are doing now well, and that, and got you for as life. a result of that man up that's where gus quite literally had that obsession where it's he wanted to and, and got you for life their mission it, it some would say it, it's too far-fetched but mm. talk to gus and, and he truly believes in it he wants a, a world of, of zero suicides and he'll spend the rest of his life and devoting his entire life to trying to achieve that and it's through people like tom harkin and tomorrow man and and you know getting out and about yeah. and having these conversations johnson which, and the man cave has been sort of born yep. through that stuff as Mate, well and it's incredible to see this this stuff going on because Years ago, it just didn't exist. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely need to get Gussie on this podcast. I do. He's a, he's a beautiful man. I won't embarrass him now, but I have reached out a lot of times. <laughs> a lot. It just shows that maybe someone listening today listens to this episode with you. They do something in two years' time and then, it, you know. Mate, that's it. That's it. And, you know, Gus, you talk about being a hugger. Like, you know, Gus has that hug that just makes you feel better. And he's a beautiful man. Um but through Gotch for Life and through Man Up and through through the work that, that he does and, and now fortunately I do, mm. is exactly what you're saying. It's having these conversations, whether it be, you know, I've been in a construction site at 7 p.m. with a room full of 100 blokes and it's they're about to start night shift. So they're night shift construction workers. 
and I've rocked up with my RMs and my bloody hard hat, and you can just tell they're going, who, who the hell is this yeah, young get out of here, mate. bloody bloke? What, what, fuck me, we're listening to another bloody presentation. <laughs> yeah. And then I get into it, and they're the important guys that we need to be having these conversations with, share a bit about my story, break the ice by talking about fake testicles, which is the best way to do it. And then all of a sudden there is perk up. And like, oh, this is fucking great. He's got a fake testicle. And then all of a sudden we start talking about some heavier stuff. And you watch that, you know, dude with the tats and the hard dude just staring at me and you think he's a scary motherfucker to then at the end of it quite literally coming up to me with some tears in his eyes saying he's going through so much stuff at the moment and just mm. wanting to like give me a hug. And it's like that's the powerful stuff where you can break through to those people and keep those conversations going. And you realise that, you know, once again, you never know what someone's going through. Mm. You never know who you can help. And by one conversation, I'm one person by sharing my story, by talking to mates, and I always get my mates to open up. As you saw before, I, I, I'm an emotional dude and mm. I don't shy away from that. I'm all about vulnerability. I think crying can be a great way to sometimes release some emotions. Mm. And we need to encourage guys especially. And it's what the Man Up did with their essentially their campaign was that, you know, there's nothing wrong with crying and as blokes, we need to be more vulnerable. We need to show more emotion. We need to give someone a big hug. And the more we can do that, the more we can realize that we're, we're all human. So it's awesome. Proud to be part of the uh, the charity and can't wait to see what's next as well. It's awesome. You know, that funny thing about, we, we speak a lot about the vulnerability of men and, and all these parts of pieces. A lot of people go, oh, you know, vulnerability is great. That doesn't mean you can't you shy away from your other traits of being a man, of standing up and being, sure. you know, using aggression in a good way and all these, like, you can still be a fucking, you know, I don't even know. What do you call them? Like a fucking, oh, yeah. you can still be a man. Like, you know, oh, and that's, mate, those 100%. traits are the best things in the world. The things that we, like, that, um, I don't even know, but not genetically, but, you know, the things that we're historically inclined, use them for good things. Like, there's so many important things that you still need to, you know, step up and do these bits and pieces and, do what you want to do, but just know that there's, uh, Tom Harkin says it the best, there's range. Mm. And it's like, you can be the tough guy. You can be the empathetic guy. You can be the sad guy. That. You can be, it's like, you can still be that man. Yeah. Like, don't think that we just have to walk around crying all the time. hundred percent. That's not a thing, but know that you can do it. Hundred, yeah. Time and a place, you know. Yeah. Sitting, watching the Friday night footy yeah. and then deciding to have a DNM at quarter time with your mate and the, then start you know, the bawling into his shoulder. Yeah. You know, it's probably not the time. Yeah. So you, there are times to do it. But, you know, if you're once again having a quiet beer, your mate's over, you're having a few chats, you say a few, you know, bits going on and that's when you start to get a little bit emotional. You start opening up a bit. Yeah, that's important. Great. Yeah, and it's knowing when those, when those times are as a friend to be, you know, even if it is a quarter time, it's knowing when yeah. those things are. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a really cool message of like be who you want to be, be a man, yeah. but do those traits that you want, use them positively, but know that you can do it other, sh other Mate, shit. spot on. Yeah, love it. To finish up, I don't want to finish up because I'm having a lot of fun. Just on you personally, how, I know a lot of people want to hear you talk and, and do lots of things. At the moment with your journey, I know it's hard with everything going on, but if people do want to get you in for talks and stuff like that, is that possible? Yeah, for sure. So. Still. One of the things that gives me, I speak about this with my psychologist, yeah. it's um, finding that purpose. And for me, that that my why, my purpose now is truly believing that I can't, we spoke about, I can't change what I've gone through. So yep. now it's purely about making the best of the bad situation and using that to help others. And by doing so, it helps me. So it's literally part of my own therapy. So it's kind of that... Um, that mutually beneficial thing for me to share my story and, and connect with others. And that's what I... I'm going to devote 
the rest of my life, how long, however long I've got left on this world, is is to to share my story, whether it's through these little podcast um, platforms or whether it be at a school or a corporate environment or a local footy club, is getting out there, sharing a bit about my story, connecting with some you know other younger blokes and and women, and I do that through whether it's Got You for Life, Twenty Five Stay Alive, my own sort of non for profit. Um, group I started, which is all about focusing on the younger demographic, um, being proactive with your your physical and mental health. And it's all about engaging with GPs. And I'm partnering with some different GP groups. And hopefully, you know, my vision of of when you turn 25 and you get that letter in the mail, you get your initial consultation with your, with your GP, um, you get your checklist, which we're developing. And essentially, you have your 30 minutes, happy days. And mm. I'll see you in six months. I'll see you in 12 months. But it's all about that being proactive with your health. You're not invincible. That you know, it's pretty simple, right? And actually, in the next uh, next week, I've got a um, presentation at Pembroke School, uh, Pembroke Footy Club, old collegians, uh, old scholars in Adelaide. Mm. So first one I'm doing with a sort of an old old scholars type footy club, um, where I'm sort of sharing my story. And I've got a GP who I do some work with, and he's going to come from a clinician side of things. Um, and it's after training. Um, it's connecting with the lads, but then more importantly, where they're going to have themed rounds. So then. Um, I think mid-year have got a melanoma theme round because one of their players have recently got diagnosed with melanoma and he's early days with that. So we're going to do themed rounds. We're going to do like a pop-up skin t- skin check clinic with the GPs and stuff like that at local footy grounds and local communities. So we're talking about physical health, mental health, um, you know, expressing your emotions, looking after your physical health, whether it's a skin check, that's obviously close to them, or whether it's reaching out to your GP and getting a mental health plan. You know, It's quite broad. But that's the sort of the work I'm doing for my own stuff and then like we touched on the gotcha for life stuff and presentations so if anyone's listening to this and they mm-hmm. think you know what i think i benefit from hugo coming to my local footy club or my my corporate work environment even if you live and work in a marketing corporate environment in the sydney cbd reach out to me and i'd uh, i'd love to come and share my story and connect with your team because um that's what I'm all about. Hundred percent. You'd be silly not to. Where do people contact? You have a, you got your website? Yeah, or yeah. Instagram or, or yeah. Look, either either through in, Instagram is a good out? one. Yeah, chuck my mobile out. Gets <laughs> <laughs> get, get a few road calls. Um, but no, look. To be honest with you, re- yeah, reach out through social media means, or um, or even flick me an email. Yeah. Um, my gotcha for life email is probably the best one, which we can provide in the, the description. But yes. Um, anyone who reaches out or requests a presentation, um, I'll hundred percent. Yeah, do whatever I can to try and get that and make it happen because I truly believe it's through these conversations and we've experienced it firsthand that yeah. you can quite literally save lives. And and at the end of the day, we've spoken about some heavy stuff. I'm still going through a bit, but when I go to bed at night and remind myself that that you know what, at least I'm helping others and potentially saving some lives, like that's pretty bloody awesome. And that kind of gives me that that purpose and you know realizes that you know what. Life's pretty good, mate. I could, I yeah, I just love you. I, you're just doing incredible things, and it's just yeah, just really happy to have you as a as a friend and a friend of the show, and really proud of what you're doing. If we can, and we will always support in whatever way possible that we can for anything that you're doing, because I just believe in it so much. It's uh, it's incredible, mate. So we're blessed. We're no, blessed. No, thanks, mate. And I think um, the final thing I I will say is maybe we can do it offline. But um, oh, I, I messaged you. You did. Real or fake? Yeah. Which is one of the best ways to get conversations going. And I found that out through our first podcast when you said your mate Sam Rode. Yes. Did it? Yes. And then since then. Have you been doing it? I've, basically, any time I've had more than six beers. <laughs> 
in some very. <laughs> Do you want to give some context to what this is before? So, we... so, well, so yeah. So basically, um, it's become a bit of a, a drunken party trick, and sometimes not even drunken. It could just be like a, a party trick. Good way to start this. Where story. um, where you quite literally, I've got obviously a real testicle and a fake testicle. Yes. They're very similar in appearance. Um, they do a good job, and often, and they both, they yeah. One, the one that I've got remaining, actually, I had um, very side note had a sperm test, and I got told I had above average swimmers, which is pretty good. So my one little fella down there is doing the heavy work, and okay. he's still doing all okay, right. Big guy. So yeah, <laughs> I was pretty pretty proud of myself. <laughs> I remember telling Amber, I'm like, this little guy's yeah. uh, pretty good. Watch out, Amber. So basically, I pull out um, either a real testicle or a fake testicle. Yes. And then not out of the sack. You're saying you've got them quite literally a testicle. No, out. but people might think you're pulling them oh, out of no, the. Oh yeah, no, that's maybe no one would have thought that. Maybe that, maybe that was just me. maybe one day. No, no sorry, Darcy <laughs> shaking his head. No, no one, no. no one thought that. I don't think anyone yeah. did, but you never know. Now, now I've clarified that. So I pull out a real testicle or a fake testicle. Basically, from side alone, you then go around the room, and um, it's whether you think I pulled out the real one or the fake one. Yes, and then you kind of keep a running tally. My twin brother likes to think he's pretty good at it, but I think. He's not as good as he seems. But there are some guys who just have an eye for it. They're like, that's the fake one. That's the real one. Because it's still got veins and stuff, it is pretty hard to tell. Yeah. But the best part of the party trick, which I've just worked out the other day, I'm pulling my phone out because that's how I do it. I was giving this presentation and um, I spoke about real or fake. And then after the presentation, a young guy came up to me and said, mate, thanks for sharing your story. Great story. He said, "Um, I've also got a fake testicle. He's like, have you ever done the lantern? And I said, what the hell's the lantern? Oh, my God. And he's like, well, when you put a light on the fake testicle, it's like a beaming lantern and it illuminates like a nightlight. It's like this big light. I'm like, are you kidding? I've never done that. So I remember literally going straight to the toilet and then just out of interest, did. I'm like, oh, my God, it's literally like a lantern. Oh, my God. So the God. best way, now when we play real or fake, the deciding, like, is it the real or fake? I get you the, actually get the lantern get the phone light. And if it's through the fake one, I'll show you out here out of interest. Please do. I'd I like will to show you. Yeah, Maybe yeah. not on camera because yeah. it might have to change the rating classification of the potty. But I'll show you after this. I'm very intrigued. And whoever's visualizing this, quite literally, the normal testicle doesn't light up. Yeah. The fake one, beaming light. It's incredible. <laughs> We'll play it after this. <laughs> oh, we've got to give credit to Big Sam Rowe for this this story, oh, don't we? Hundred percent. Yeah. Have you connected with him before? No, I haven't. I have to. Yeah, I'll have to connect you guys. Maybe we up. can play it real. We'll or go fake. around and just play a real or fake off. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. Mate. Anyway, I wanted to finish finish on that. So, um, if you see me out and about, real or fake, come play. Come what play. What does the, the loser do? Because I won't say what the loser had to do it. Sam's one, but it was okay. It was okay. actually sorry. It was he used to play it after a few beers where you would go real or fake, and you'd get to flick. Yeah, I used to do one the flicking. So you can't feel the fake yeah, one. Yeah, so as, you can't feel it. Not so as he well would as sort of push you. And then if you got it wrong, he would get to flick you in the nuts. Oh. So you'd end up. So there you go. There's a bit of. There's a bit on the line. A bit on the line. Yeah, you really wanted to see which one you could. I used to do the flicking um, flicking one, but then some mates would think it was hilarious and I'd sometimes over flick yeah, the fake yeah. one. Let's leave the flicking out, I think. But now, <laughs> if Sam's listening to this or you ever speak to Sam, see if he's ever done the, the lantern. lantern. I'll ask him. And if he hasn't, his whole world will be like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's um, just on a side note of that as well, just on testicular cancer and swimmers and all these things. Sam Doherty obviously uh, yep. had his first uh, beautiful born Amazing. daughter the other day through IVF because they, you know, you can't do the treatment yep. whilst the chemo was there. And Sam Rowe yep. has had two kids now That's as well. That's amazing so, to hear that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's good to hear. I love it. Yeah, love you. Love you, mate. I'll see you soon. 100%. See Done. you soon. Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. 
If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at producer.com. Thanks for tuning in. IllyXX. KO's got you covered for this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. AFL, here we go. Carlton versus Melbourne with no ad breaks during play. That is going to be an absolute banger. Last time these two uh, got together, well, not the last time, when I was there, I kicked three. Freo versus Swans, live with no ad breaks during play, exclusive in Victoria. And the Hawks versus Saints, live with no ad breaks during play, is going to be an absolute blockbuster. It's a must win for both of these teams. And don't forget the NBA playoffs. Gee whiz, they are going off at the moment. So many big games to mention, and they will be absolutely enthralling. Watch every game live with both Eastern and Western conferences live with ESPN on KO. There's absolutely plenty of room for everyone, so get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble.